If not, I um, I had in mind what I expected to preach, and um, as I mentioned earlier, the Lord's been my thoughts and uh, working in my mind this morning, and um, we'll uh, we'll just hold off on on those things that I had had planned or expected uh, to preach, and um, that'll be all right. And instead, we'll try our best to uh, to follow the direction and desire of the Lord this morning. So if you, you have your Bible, um, I hope you do, uh, turn with me uh, to the book of Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, y'all just pray for me. But as you pray for me, pray for yourselves also, that not only... Would God give me the grace and the liberty that I need to be able to speak the things that she would have me to speak today, um, but that also that God would give you the liberty to hear what God would have you to hear today. So Ephesians chapter 5, I'm probably going to be turning over to a number of scriptures today, and um, you just bear with me in that, and uh, we'll do our best this morning to honor and glorify the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, see then, verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, making most of the time because the days are evil. Encouraging us to urgency, considering the things that are going on around us. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And I'm going to stop there at verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5. Turn with me now a couple of other places. First, to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Turn with me now to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Verse 38 says, Then he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and he findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak and he went again and he prayed the second time and prayed saying oh my father if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it thy will be done and finally turn with me over to the book of Isaiah the 53rd chapter Isaiah chapter 53 
Verse 1 says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes... We are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You'll have to excuse me if those words don't overwhelm me. Verse 7, the prophet continues. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep for her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the distress of his soul, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Excuse me, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide, excuse me, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I know that it was a lot that I read, but if the Lord would help us, we will try to connect these things in your hearing. I would like to reread the, fifth, the passage from the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians from the NASB version of the Scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 there reads, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father. Listen to verse 21. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. To be subject to one another. As I survey this church, let me back up for a second. 
This Thursday will mark one year since the pandemic really hit in full force. It's hard to believe it's been a year, isn't it? This Thursday will mark one year since that Wednesday night when we last met, as usual, for a Wednesday evening Bible study and the world changed around about the time we left here that night. Over the past year, my resolve personally as your pastor, as somebody that's trying to serve the Lord, was to figure out how in the world do we persevere through a pandemic. I'd never done it. Don't guess you had either. None of us had lived through a pandemic, let alone tried as a church to get together, get through together through a pandemic. It seems like there's light on the other side of this thing now, and I'm pretty glad of that. I hope and pray that it comes to pass, and it comes to pass very soon. But I want you to know, as we mark this year, and as I look back and I see the things that are in front of us, I see the things that are behind us, I see things as they were eight and a half years ago when I first took on the pastorate here at Faith Church. And what I can't help but consider is what it's going to take to get us not merely to move past the pandemic, but to be able to prosper as we enter into the next thing that God has in store for us as a church. And I think that if I was to try to boil all that down to something in which we could find that we as a church should be desiring after and striving toward, it is what Paul told the Ephesians here in chapter 5, verse 21. To submit yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. He said to submit yourself to each other. Later on in this very chapter, he's going to get into the role of the husband and wife in marriage and the role of order as it relates to how people interact together just as somebody who works for someone or as children to their parents. But before all of that, the order that we see is that Paul told the Ephesian church to submit themselves one to another. Faith Church, if we want to see ourselves be able to prosper in the work of the Lord, it will be because we submit ourselves first and foremost to Him, but also to one another. And Paul tells us how and he tells us why. That we would do so in the fear of Christ. That is, in the reverence, in the respect for Christ. I want to ask you today, are the things that you do, is the mind that you would have towards one another here in this place and and amongst God's people, that you would have the same mind that Christ Jesus did in submitting yourselves on the behalf of those that are around you? Look around. You all know each other, I know that. (laughs) But are you willing to submit yourselves to one another? That is the calling of Christ, that we would submit ourselves one to another. I want to mark very clearly the challenge of this, to submit ourselves one to another. Here is why this is so challenging, is that all of us have our own unique traits and characteristics that God God has blessed us with. And I want you to know, Faith Church wouldn't be Faith Church without you. 
without those characteristics that you have, without that personality that God blessed you with, it takes all of us. And God has joined us together, has fitly formed us together, has brought us together as His own habitation, the place where God would dwell amongst all of us together. It's God's desire for His church. And seeing that He has placed all of us together, the challenge then becomes that we're all different and unique as God has created us. And we have our own ideas and our own opinions and all these things that we think about. Our own priorities. And what happens is when your priority or your idea doesn't line up with mine or with what I think we should do or what I think is best, we see all this friction get created, don't we? It's a sad reality, isn't it? We find ourselves in some ways to be our own worst enemy. Some of you are just so blessed with talents and abilities. It blesses me to watch you. It blesses me to see you work. Makes me a little bit jealous sometimes of your abilities. And sometimes I don't know where exactly I can help. But I want you to know that there's something God gives you to do. I want to help you do it. Even if it's not exactly what I think or feel or an idea that I would have had. Why? Why would I want to do something that's not something that's important to me or not my idea? It's because it's important to you. And I want to submit myself to you and help you however that I can. Not because I think you're all that important. I do. But more so I think it's because I think Christ is important. And if God's given you something to do, my way to be able to honor God is to help you do it. It's to submit myself to you and whatever the pursuit that you have is, that together we might be able to achieve more than what we would be able to accomplish if we set out to do it on our own. To be submissive. That we would submit ourselves to one another in the fear and in the reverence of Jesus Christ. You saw in the other passages of Scripture that I read from there in the book of Philippians where Paul told the church at Philippi how it was that Christ made of Himself no reputation but became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I want you to understand something about who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God. We often remark to Him as the second person of the Trinity. He's the second person of the Godhead. There's God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. So we see that Jesus is part of, of those three, that Jesus is the one, the one in the middle. He's the Son. He's part of the triune God. We believe God is in three offices, but there is one God. And Jesus Christ occupies one of those offices. That means fully that Jesus is equal with God the Father. All of His characteristics, everything about Jesus, He shares with the Father. He says, I and the Father are one. Yet Jesus willfully submitted Himself to God. 
he became obedient unto death even in his submission before God the Father. He found himself to be subjected unto the will of the Father. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he took upon himself no reputation, made himself a little lower than the angels. Why? That he might submit himself to the desire of God that there would be a sacrifice sufficient to redeem me and you. We saw Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and how he was desiring and anguishing there and and just the passion and and, and emotion and the crushing of his spirit as he was praying knowing what laid in front of him as he would bear the sins of all of us. And how he prayed, God, if there be any way for this cup to pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. And he finally, when he went and he prayed again and he said, God, if there be no other way for this cup to pass except I drink it, nevertheless, thy will be done. He said, Father, if it means I have to drink this cup, this cruel death that I will have to die, that the weight of the sins of the whole world would be heaped upon my shoulders to satisfy your wrath for sin, even then, God, thy will be done. We saw, as we read there of the prophets in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, the greatness of the submission of Christ to the Father. How he bore the transgressions of every one of us. Became submissive then, not only to God, but submissive to be able to bear the weight of the wrath of sin for you. Christ Jesus laid down his life for you, my friend. Praise God that he did. But he submitted himself before the Father to take on your transgressions. If Paul says to submit yourself to one another in reverence for Jesus. Paul told the Philippian church, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also Christ Jesus. So my question to you today, my brother and my sister, my friend, my fellow laborer, Christ Jesus here at Faith Church, Will you submit yourselves? Will you submit yourself unto the Lord first and foremost? Only you truly knows whether or not that mind which was in Christ Jesus to submit himself unto the Father is in you. Do you share that mind of Christ that you would submit yourself before the Lord? Are you submitting your life? Not that your life would be set out to accomplish the desires that you have for yourself, but instead that your life would be to set out to accomplish the desires of the Lord. Do you surrender yourself before God? Do you lay down your life and say, Lord, take of it and make it what you want it to be? Let me ask it differently. 
What are you living for? Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for the glory of God? From the time Jesus Christ was a boy, he saw his life not to be lived for himself, but to be lived for God. His parents came and found him one time. They got, Jesus got away from them. <laughs> it's reassuring as a parent to know that even Mary and Joseph lost track of Jesus every now and then. But Jesus got away from them and they found him in the temple and he was talking there and, and talking about the, the things of the Lord. And when they came and they found him, they said, what happened? Why did you run away? What are you doing? He said, do you not know that I must be about my father's business? Even from a young age, Jesus saw his life not something for him to be able to grab a hold of, but instead something for him to submit before the Father. Listen to me, my friend. There is nothing in this life worth chasing after. There's nothing that's worth trying to, to somehow grab a hold of. Because what you'll find, my friend, is that you'll grab a hold of it and for a little while to bring you some joy, it'll satisfy you in some way. But what's inevitably going to happen is that, that joy, that satisfaction, that, 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 that which you thought you have found, the reality of it, the newness of it, it's going to wear off. And suddenly you're not going to be satisfied with it anymore. And so you're going to have to keep chasing after something more. Keep trying to grab a hold of something bigger or something greater. My friends, listen to me. There is nothing worth that's trying to grab a hold of in this life. Instead, what we find is that this life is meant to be submitted unto the Lord. That He might take and that He might use it for His own glory. And He's such a loving and such a benevolent God that what you will find is that when you do that, He's going to take you to heights of love and joy, the likes of which you've never experienced before. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. You ever made it to the mountaintop with God? Have you? I'm not anything, but every once in a while, God's carried me up there. And I'm able to experience the full reality of His joy. Or at least the fullest reality I can experience here. It's going to be even better when we get to heaven. But I want you to know in those, those moments... <laughs> What you'll find is that all that you thought was worth grabbing a hold of, it's nothing anyway. You'll find that the joy, the gladness, the happiness, what you feel and what you find when your life is fully given over to the Lord, that there's nothing that matches it. And how that is expressed is by submitting yourself to each other. That's suddenly where it becomes more challenging, isn't it? Everybody is all for living a life for the Lord so long as the life that the Lord wants you to live lines up with the life that you want to live, right? We're good, God, if so long as you want the things that I want. But God says not only to lay down those things and live for me, He says to submit yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. To submit yourselves to one another. I talked earlier about your talents, about how much joy I get from watching you. 
I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't talk about the other end of that spectrum. There are sometimes I watch you and I think that's going to leave a mark. I wish they wouldn't do that. Oh, man, if they only understood what they were doing. God, if somehow I could just open their eyes to the reality of what they're, what they're, what they're going to find if they continue down that path. Do you know that even in those worst moments that we have, we are called to submit ourselves one to another? That when you would find yourself discouraged, depressed, caught up in a mess of sin, that I'm to submit myself to you even then. You might say, well, Derek, why would you do that? If I go amiss or somebody else goes amiss, why would you still submit yourself to me or to that other person? And what would that look like? How do you submit yourself to someone who's gone astray? Jesus showed us how to do that too, didn't he? You ever heard that every question you have, the answer is Jesus? Or that every question you have, you can find the answer here? The reason why you say that, we say that, it's because it's true. Jesus has shown us how to submit even when it is that someone would go astray. What do we see Jesus is teaching? With that he would leave the 99 to go and find the one. Oh, soul so far astray, come and plunge today in the blood that stained the old rugged cross. I probably mixed up lyrics there as far as I know. The sentiment is true. Today, my friend, if you see your brother or your sister that is going astray, submit yourself to them and go to them from the depths of love and a desire for them and say, my friend, I have a reverence and a fear for God. I have a reverence and a love for Christ Jesus. And I have seen how it is that He has laid down His life for God. How He laid down His life for me. How He took upon my iniquities and my transgressions. And now, my friend, I see that you have gone astray. And so now I come to you, my friend. And I say, my brother and my sister, let me submit myself to you and help you however I can. Are you willing to submit yourself like that? Let me tell you what the challenge is. The challenge in submitting yourselves to one another, there's a bunch of them. Let me just tell you a couple of them. Number one is that it requires you to free yourself from this life. I think most of you, as I look around today, as I look in the mirror at myself, most of us are willing, at least in terms of our attitudes, at least in terms of the, what we would express, to submit ourselves to one another. We're willing to, to help one another. But the problem is that we have found ourselves to be in such a mess of busyness in this life that it becomes impossible for us to submit ourselves in the way that God has declared for us to do it. 
would love to do it, but I'm just so busy. I would love to go and help that person with what they have going on, but I just have so much going on myself. Let's bring it within the church. I would love to help when we have the next fundraiser down at the Edinburgh Fair. But that's not really my burden, and I have so much going on. Submit yourselves to one another. I would love to help in VBS, but I just have so much going on. And that's not really my burden anyway. Submit yourselves to one another. When we survey as a church, just a couple of weeks ago we met and we talked about the church and the directions and the visions and the things for not just the next six months, the next year, but even the next ten years and beyond. We know there's a lot that we could accomplish with the Lord's help, don't we? But my friend, the Lord has given us instruction how it is that we as a church are able to prosper, how it is that God has designed the church, the order of the church, how it is that we should conduct ourselves. And the order is not that somehow someone else would be lifted up to some greater position than another, but instead that we would all submit ourselves to one another. No matter whose burden, no matter what it is that's going on or taking place, that we would free ourselves from this life, that we can instead submit ourselves to one another. Why? Because we fear the Lord. Because we fear the Lord. The other challenge of this I've already made reference to is that you're going to have to submit yourselves to the ideas that other people have. And I want you to know, as I look around this room, and I don't know how many people are in this room right now, but the likelihood of us getting all of our ideas to coalesce around one single idea is basically zero. Even if we land on the very best decision that we could possibly make as a church with regard to something, I'm guessing someone else says that's not a good idea. We're called not that we would somehow only go along with the ideas that we think are right or the ones that we think are best, but to what the church as a body has determined and to submit ourselves to one another with regard to what the church desires. Let me ask you this question. It's a very simple question, but it's a difficult one for you actually to come to full agreement with. Do you truly believe that the church has authority. That the church has authority. Not me. Not any of y'all. But the church has the authority. And we are to submit ourselves to the church. I want you to know that's one of the hardest and easiest things to do as a pastor is to submit myself to the will of the church. 
It's one of the hardest things I see, and I'm like, <laughs> I need to make sure I go back and teach on that because I don't think I did a good enough job. But it's also the easiest thing because when it comes to business meeting, for example, I don't have a vote. So the church is left to its own devices to govern itself, and ultimately the decision, the authority rests with this body of people. And God has designed it to be that way. He has found it to be what is best. That the order would be this. That Jesus Christ would be the head of the body. That He would hold ultimate authority and rule over the church. That He is the bridegroom and we are the bride. And He has seen fit then that the church as a body would hold the authority to govern itself and to rule itself. And that the authority of the church to baptize, to practice discipline, to to make decisions and all of those types of things would belong not to any one individual and not to a panel of people but instead to the church if God designed it don't you think then that it's right that we would submit ourselves to the design of God so the challenge that we find ourselves in this order of submission is that number one, it means we have to free ourselves from life and truly submit ourselves. Now listen, all of you can get behind what I'm saying right here, right now. But are you going to be able to do it tomorrow and the day after that and a week from now and three weeks from now and three months from now? Three years from now. I want to tell you a secret about life. I've not found it to grow slower. I've only found it to grow faster and become more busy. So if you're waiting for life to slow down, that somehow you will be able to throw yourself into involvement in the church, you're going to be waiting for a long time. I want to ask you this. As you survey what's going around about us today in society, you see what's happening in the culture, you see what's happening in in politics and in communities and all these things that are going on. And if you're like me and, and you have at least some idea of what the Lord desires, what the Lord wants, if you're like me, you see those things and you say, what's happening is that things are growing darker and darker and there's more and more to be worried about as our society goes down a road and towards a direction that is not consistent with freedom. That's not let alone consistent with what God desires, but isn't consistent with the freedom that we have to worship, not consistent with the realities and the truths of scriptures. And you see that going on. And if you're like me, you grow increasingly worried about it. And you wonder, what am I to do? Some would say, well, the answer is to get more involved in politics or to get more involved in community organizing, or to get more involved in, in, in this political party, or this poli- that political party, or to get more involved in this initiative or that initiative. My friend, as you see things going down a darker and darker road at an increasingly fast speed, what I encourage you to do instead is to become more deeply engaged with the church of the living God. Because the hope... As society goes down a dark road at an increasingly fast pace, the hope that remains for society is not going to be found in political parties or community organizing or action committees or any of that. It's going to be found in the church of Jesus. 
It's going to be found here. I'm going to say something. I want you to know I mean it with all sincerity in my heart. And I'm not, I say it and I believe it with every fiber of my being that there is not a greater group of people on earth than the group of people that I'm looking at right now. I honestly believe that. And the reason why isn't because you individually are all that great. But it's because I believe that collectively that God has placed us together and has formed us together as a body and as a church, as a rock, as a pillar and a ground of the truth. There's not a greater group of people that I would want to surround myself with than you all. If all of society crumbled tomorrow... You know where I'm going? I'm going to Mike's house. I'm not lying. I believe I'm going to be safe there. (laughs) If you know Brother Mike, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But the reality is that if all society breaks down tomorrow, I'm not going to be looking to anyone else that I will be able to find safety in, but I'm going to be looking to the church. And I believe that if in that moment every one of us came here we said, what are we going to do? Here, you're able to do this. You're able to do that. Together, we're going to be able to get through. And if you look throughout all of history, from the days of the early church, the Waldensians on down, even to communities in remote parts of the world today, that is exactly what they're doing. Is that God's people are, are binding and, and uniting themselves together to get through dark days. Listen to me, my friend. I don't have to be a fortune teller to tell you that dark days are coming. Have you seen how quickly society has changed over the last five years? Dark days are coming. What are we going to do? It's going to be this group of people being able to come together, uniting together, desiring together, that the work of the Lord would prosper no matter how dark the day gets. My friend, that's not going to happen because suddenly we get along a little better. It's going to be because we submit ourselves one to another. Are you willing to submit yourself one to another? Paul here told the church at Ephesus to walk circumspectly, to walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, to redeem the time, to make the most of the time that you have because the days are evil. He was pointing to the urgency of the situation. And when he got to how it is that we try to find ourselves, as we work through this, he told us all this instruction to be not drunk with wine, to speak to yourselves in songs and hymns, to give thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He reached to it and he said to submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. There is no greater joy that I have in my life than to submit myself to you all. It makes things hard sometimes at my house. My wife has to oftentimes forfeit me being around to help her. 
Sometimes it means that we don't get to do what we would otherwise do if we didn't do that. Sometimes it means that life gets a little harder, a little more challenging. I don't get the sleep that maybe I would like. But the reality is some of the greatest moments that I've had is being up at your house at one in the morning trying to help you through something. Not that in that moment I realized the joy of the hour, but I look back on it and I say, God was there. And he was helping my brother. He was helping my sister. And he allowed me to be a part of it. Not because I'm anything, but merely because I made myself submissive unto him and submissive to his people. Are you willing to submit yourself to one another? Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus, who became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I want you to know I love all of you very, very much. I fail a lot, make a lot of mistakes. I wish that I didn't. But I want you to know this. That through all of my mistakes, all of my faults, all of my flaws, the mistakes that I'll make in the future, (laughs) the love that I have for you, the love that I have for the Lord, is what constrains me to keep going on. There's no fame, there's no notoriety. There's nothing that would be seen as valuable from the world's standards. But what constrains me is first and foremost my love for the Lord. And second of all, it's my love for all of you. Scripture says that there are those that God has given different gifts in the ministry. Some he's given the gift to be able to be unbelievable evangelists. Some he's given hearts to just be rock-solid teachers. There is no doubt in my heart that what God has given me is the pastor. He's given me the heart of the pastor. If I'm just being honest, we'll just have a big old counseling session right here. Y'all with me. If I'm being honest, sometimes I'd be like, man, is it worth it? Wouldn't it be easier just to lay it down and say, God, I'm through. I can't do it anymore. But what God won't let me grab a let go of is that each of you is one of his. Every one of you, not only were you formed and shaped into his likeness, but you've been redeemed by God and he calls you one of his own. And he has called me and he has asked me to shepherd you and to have watch care over your souls. I know there must be times that I frustrate all of you. If my wife was in the room, she would say, Amen. 
pretty slow in my decision making. Pretty slow at trying to find the right words. But if God cares as much for his soul as Scripture says that he does and that he gave his Son to redeem you, then I think it's necessary for us to be mindful that we are to be watchful and to exercise care over the souls of our brother and our sister and to submit ourselves one to another. We talked last week about joy. And one of the things we read in the scripture passage that we read was that greater love hath no man than this, than that he laid down his life for his friends. Someday, maybe, one of us will be called to lay down our lives in the sense of dying for one another. I pray that day never comes. But whether or not whether or not it comes in the physical sense of the reality of laying down your life and giving up your natural life for the sake of your brother or for your sister, we are all called to lay down our lives and to submit ourselves one to another. You know what that looks like when it happens? It's not suddenly that I'm that you become better than me. I'm submitting myself to you and you're submitting yourself to me. And so what happens, you just have all this submitting going on. And as all that is going on, you have this fertile ground. And this fertile ground, the Spirit falls on it and seeds get planted in it. And things begin to grow and begin to blossom. And souls begin to to get saved because they see the work of God's people together. And what's happening and how God's working in their lives. And the things that are going on, we've been praying for revival. My friends, if we all submit ourselves one to another, revival is just going to happen. Why? Because we found ourselves to be laying down our lives for one one another as we desire to serve the Lord. We wrestle with these things sometimes. We say, Lord, it's so difficult. What's the right thing for us to do? What's the will that you would have for us as a church? He's told us to submit yourselves one to another. Are you willing to submit? There is a song that came out several years ago. I've referenced it before. The song, I don't think, got a lot of notoriety or anything. But the idea of it was about crazy Christians. Some of the things it talked about in that song was about how they just couldn't wait to forgive someone for just about anything. that makes me a crazy Christian, I'm okay with it. About how there were some things that were just another excuse to bake a casserole. If that's a crazy Christian, I'm okay with it. Sometimes you may think that it makes your life a little more stressful. And maybe your doctor would say, you don't need so much stress in your life. I want you to know the stresses in your life are not the things of the Lord. The stresses of your life will be the things that you try to add on to it for yourself. 
If you live for the Lord, He'll give you the perseverance. He'll give you the strength. It may only be the strength you need for that day, but He'll carry you through. Submit yourselves one to another. I thank you for listening to me. I apologize if that was scattered. As I mentioned, it was not a message that I had studied out as I would like to, but I pray that the Lord would bless His Word.